I can't believe this happened. I can't believe I didn't know about it, but I'm really thankful that, I mean, I think when I had my daughter, I was on year five of therapy already. <laughs> wow. I worked on a lot of my kind of parental perfectionism um, and worked on like how knowing I've done the best I could, but also knowing the best I can do isn't perfect, right? And it's going to result in sometimes things go wrong or sometimes things are hard. Um, and so I was really able to lean back on some of that journey already and and really sit in peace and knowing that I did do the best I could. And then I like being a mom who shares box with her kids and kids up on the map and and you know, is a little bit sloppy. And that was the kind of mom I chose to be. And um, I don't regret that. I don't beat myself up for it. But it was a journey for her to get there. Being the mom you want to be doesn't have to be difficult. It's all about building healthy self-care habits, overcoming mindset roadblocks, and finding support. Welcome to Habit Maker Mama. It's the go-to podcast for busy moms who want to care for themselves. I'm your host, Heather Kerwin, and I'm a mother of three, pilot wife, and physician assistant. Together, we are going to redefine self-care so you can be the mom you want to be. Let's transform how you care for yourself starting right now. Mom guilt, our topic for today, can really become a feeling that is so pervasive that it inhibits our ability to parent. It can cause you to spend too much time sweating the small stuff and lose sight of the big picture perspective. Today, I'm thrilled that we'll be having Stephanie Lucas, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist, here to help us identify mom guilt and provide practical tips to overcome it so we can become the moms we want to be. So a little bit about Stephanie. She has been a counselor for kids, parents, and families for over a decade and owns a private practice in Oregon. She's passionate about helping moms to create space for themselves in their lives, despite the mounting challenges of motherhood in today's world. She's a working mom to two young girls and explores the challenges and triumphs of being a special needs mom on her Instagram podcast and through workshops. So I'm really excited that she'll be joining us today. Thank you so much for being here. I'm just so thrilled and grateful to have you and your time today. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. And I, there's, I feel like you'll be better to talk to us about mom guilt, you know, are a mom and also a life therapist. So you have both the personal and the professional experience to be able to talk to us about this today. So thanks so much. I told everyone a little bit about who you are and your background so that they would have some information about, you know, kind of what you bring to the table for all of us. But why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and kind of your education to be able to talk to us about this today? Yeah, absolutely. So um Gosh, where to start? So I started out as a couple in family therapist um, and then obviously started my own family. So I see a lot of mom. Um, I also see kids and teens and, and talk to their moms. And it's just so pervasive that sense of moms who feel like they don't do enough, moms who feel like they can't get their partners involved in helping them with all of the challenges. Um, and so I really wanted to speak to that population. And I think that my Instagram started growing. Uh, because I was working through my own emotional experience of having a daughter who was born because of a virus I got when I was pregnant uh, and the emotions and the guilt that came along with that and learning how to process all of that, I felt like I had more of a message to take out to the world um, and share with them than I could really do in the therapy setting since we don't talk about ourselves in the therapy room. So 
I just wanted to share my story, my experiences, and that I've learned both with my education and my life um, and how to work through those things that can be really overwhelming. That's incredible. And so, you know, one question I have is, how did you start your journey to becoming a therapist? But then even more so, what really made you say, I want to take my personal experience onto Instagram and share about what I've gone through and what I'm going through with my daughter? Yeah. So I started becoming a therapist because working in residential treatment, uh, I had a bachelor's degree in psychology. And so I was working in like therapeutic foster homes and then eventually residential treatment for behavioral health. Uh, and it was so hard to see these kids who had been removed from the home because of their mental health. Uh, and realizing the role that parents play in, in helping that healing or even preventing the issues altogether. Uh, so I really wanted to work with families and parents specifically because I felt like uh, that was so meaningful and such a such a positive change for the world. So then I went in to get my couple and family therapy license. Uh, and I still, I work with couples and families all the time to kind of rearrange those systems. I have a systems-oriented brain. But then I wanted to use my own story, I think, because oftentimes in, in the therapy room, we're kind of just sitting and reflecting for people. Uh, and I went through this huge change when I had my daughter. She's she's born deaf. Um definitely one year and then has progressive loss in the other. And so just, just going through that, deciding like how lonely it is. You don't know anybody else who has a deaf child. Usually, um, now you honor me, (laughs) but it's such a lonely experience to go through all like finding out and learning about the diagnosis and learning about what she needs. And so finding community became really important to me. And Instagram was one of the ways I did that, you know, as much as we talk about how social media can really just be a time suck or comparisonite. Um, social media for me was really about building community and finding, finding other moms who had had a similar experience or, or talking with parents who had also been through the emotions of that. Um, yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, that came from you contracting CMV during pregnancy. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So June is CMV awareness. CMV is a virus that a lot of people have already had um, and a lot of people get and it's like old, so they don't even test for it. Um, But if you happen to get it when you're pregnant, it can cause catastrophic damage. Uh, If you get it in the first trimester, it's often a demise. So there's a lot of people who have miscarriages in the first trimester, maybe from CMV and don't even know it. Uh, And if you get it in the second trimester, it causes pretty severe disability. So kids will have difficulty with like learning disabilities, movement disabilities, like global delays um, in the second trimester. And then I got sick at 39 weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so she really was only born with hearing loss. There's a there's a risk of vision loss as well. But so far, she's okay. So it's such a, it's as common as Down syndrome. Wow. It's the least talked about kind of birth defect in in a lot of the different areas. So um it's, it is preventable. It's one of the things that they say is that you're most likely to get it if you have a toddler in daycare. Three out of toddlers in daycare have had it by the time they graduate. Uh, and so just thinking about like germ sharing, washing our hands, and not kissing on the mouth, all the things that I love to do. Oh, I got it from a sneeze in the face. Yeah. Uh, but just thinking about that um, in terms of if you're pregnant and um, being safe. So, yeah. Well, that's helpful for me to learn. So I appreciate you sharing that. I'm sure that Somewhere back in P-School, I definitely learned this, but it has far left my brain at this point. So I appreciate you bringing awareness to that again, being pregnant and having a four and two-year-old. Um, and I, d- I don't want to put any words into your mouth, but if I were maybe in those shoes, I think that 
feeling guilty about what had happened might have been the case for me. So I would just love to maybe hear your experience. Did that happen for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was such an interesting experience. I like that you own that, you know, it, it was in and out of your head because it is so common that I, I will drop CMB to medical providers and they're like, yeah, like they are. Oh, they're not logging like what that is, right? Uh, even like I, we brought it with a midwife, but you're supposed to, you would get screening at the hospital and it just didn't happen. And it doesn't happen with a lot of medical providers, which was really frustrating for me. I think I responded, you know, the typical grief response with anger at first. Like, why was I not screened for this ahead of time? You know, a lot of, a lot of women have been screened. Um, a lot of women in other countries are screened, um, but it's really state dependent here in the States. Um, and had no idea it happened, right? So there wasn't an initial grief process of saying like, I can't believe this happened. I can't believe I didn't know about it. But I'm really thankful that, I mean, I think when I had my daughter, I was on year five of therapy already. <laughs> wow. I worked on a lot of my kind of parental perfectionism um, and worked on like how knowing I've done the best I could, but also knowing the best I can do isn't perfect, right? And it's going to result in sometimes things go wrong or sometimes things are hard. Um, and so I was really able to lean back on some of that journey already and, and really sit in peace and knowing that I did do the best I could. And then I like being a mom who shares box with her kids and kisses them on the map and, and, you know, is a little bit sloppy. That was the kind of mom I chose to be. And, um, I don't regret that. I don't beat myself up for it, but it was a journey for her to get there. Yeah. Incredible. So you mentioned that for you, you know, you really had this kind of component both of anger and grief with finding out what was going on. Now, with moms who maybe aren't finding out something that's um, kind of a specific event, where would we look or what would we think about how to identify what mom guilt looks like or what it is? Yeah. So I just ran a workshop for the first time on mom guilt, which was really, yeah. Uh, and we did, we used a model called IFS, which is internal family systems, uh, but it's also known as like parts work, right? So it's kind of a personality theory where we say there's different parts of your brain that kind of just talk to you throughout the day, right? You may have a planner that's like, okay, we're going to do this and this and this and this and this today and get out of it, right? And you may have another part that's like, uh, so tired of this, I just want to go on a run or whatever. They might argue, right? Um. Really, in the beginning, what we did was just kind of chart out those thoughts and say, "What's your typical MO?" Because parts kind of show up in in unilateral ways. They have their little shape and they stay over and over again. And um, so sometimes the mom guilt part will come in as like self criticism, and so really strongly sending in like, "You're always bad at this," or "Why can't you get it right?" or "Why are mops you know doing better than you?" Right? Sometimes that mom guilt part will be more kind of a global anxiety of saying like, well, if this goes, if you don't do this right, this will go wrong. If you don't do this right, this will go wrong, right? So I think it's a lot about like a little bit of mindfulness, a little bit of slowing down and hearing that part and recognizing that your other parts are probably going to respond to it and fight with it a little bit, right? So your mom guilt part might pop in and say, um, you know, don't forget, don't forget this part. Don't forget that part. This is all really important. And you might have another part that's like, is it really important though? Like they can survive without the right socks. It's well, and like you have little arguments in your head sometimes, and that can be really helpful to identify your parts. So like, you know, a part that feels like it's really important and a part that, that maybe doesn't care or that 
gets mad that your spouse didn't do it, right? Um, and just kind of hearing those internal conversations can be really helpful, noticing that overwhelm. Awareness is that first aspect, which is so interesting. I'm, I'm really seeing so many areas, you know, with habit formation, that's really the first step is awareness, but in so many different areas that are kind of our psychological processes, it's just being really aware of what's going on to help you recognize and make a change for something. Um, so I love that you pinpointed that and really gave us kind of the thoughts of if you're being overly critical or just critical in general, if you're feeling anxious about some things, that might be signs that, um, you know, you're struggling with some mom guilt. Now, you mentioned kind of mindfulness as um, a tool in the tool belt. Can you tell me maybe a little bit more some tips if you have found, okay, I'm being a little bit critical here. I'm feeling a little anxious. And um, what are some ways that I could maybe start to overcome this mom guilt? Absolutely. Um, so one part of that is understanding the conversations that are happening in your head, right? The, the way that the parts interact, because often those things kind of self-perpetuate because they're arguing and they both think they're right. Some of the ways that we kind of calm that down or intervene when you're noticing those things happening for you. I like to say, like, set some rules or set some mantras for yourself about when you're going to stop this cycle. So in the workshop, one of those rules, we called it the beat. It helps you remember it. So yeah, the type of things that as a mom, maybe you just don't care that much about, right? Like my kid has her very unique fashion sense. And, she, you know, she wants to look just the way that she wants to look when she goes to school. I'm like, you know what? People might judge me that she's going to be cold or like she always wears dresses and they can tell her to do that. Right? And I'm like, what be? Right? <laughs> I'm going to argue with my kid every single morning because her clothes don't match or because she wants to wear like the fanciest Christmas dress to kindergarten, right? Um, it's in my bucket and that's okay. And like remembering that rule for myself is really helpful in terms of like, I decided ahead of time, this is one area that I'm not worried about, that I'm not going to be a perfectionist about, that I'm not going to worry about how people judge me or my kid. Um, and everybody's feedback is a little different. And I think it can actually really help us not judge each other as much and realize like, hey, you know what? She fed her kid Cheetos for lunch. She must be doing a feedback. Great. And be a little less self-critical and critical of others. So sometimes that also looks like a mantra, right? Sometimes that looks like I'm doing my best today, right? Or I'm, as long as I'm a peaceful mom, I'm doing things right, right? Like having some sort of very you statement. Um, that you can fall back on when you first start getting all riled up about, am I not doing this right? What do I need to do better? All things like that. Yeah, that's that's very incredible and such um, pertinent and practical tips that I feel like you can go out today and really start with that mantra and that epic bucket and, you know, just being able to say like, this is what's mine and, and I'm going to try this today. Hey, mom asked us, so I dealt with a lot of mom guilt and anger because of having three kids so close, not being able to spend time more one-on-one -on -one time with them. How do I get past the guilt part of this? So is there a way that we could kind of apply the practical tip or something that we could help with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so probably I, when I was working with a mom like that, I would say, you know, what do you want to focus on what you can give to your kids and so close, right? So maybe that means you're cultivating a beautiful sibling relationship and you're giving them that gift, right? Or maybe that means maybe they're not getting as much one-on-one -on -one time, but you're really modeling for them 
what it means to be a close family, right? Which often is, is why people have kids so close because they want a close family. But focusing on the positive aspect of what you can give them, um, maybe thinking about what it is you feel like you're lacking where you're not giving them one-on-one time because that may or may not be true, right? Uh, we feel like we're not giving them one-on-one time. They're not getting enough attention. They're not doing well enough, right? But is that actually true? Or is this just how a family works and kids don't do well in some areas and do well in others? So recognizing that um, you're giving them beautiful gifts. You're giving them a lot of beautiful gifts. Uh, and it may you may feel guilty that you're not giving them every single gift, right? <laughs> Which is why we focus on that one-on-one time. We think that they're going to achieve more if they have one-on-one time, or we think that they're going to be more well-rounded if they have one-on-one time. Um, but you have all the powers within you to give them what they need with or without those close siblings and and that they're growing a lot within them. So maybe recognizing that, you know, I have what I need and my kids were born into this family for a reason. I love this so much because I know that our brains tend to really focus on kind of that negative aspect or they, they have this real big tendency to go, oh, okay, 99 great things happened today, but what's the one negative happened? And to reframe it and say, you know, what, can I give or what have I been giving is such a huge way to really see all of those positives and bring those back to life and remind our brains we're doing a great job and you're doing a great job and you're giving them all of these things so I love that tip that you've given today that's that's incredible are there any sources that you recommend for moms like us who are trying to improve identify overcome mom guilt yeah I think a lot about helping your partner understand um, or asking people to for help. Sometimes that's a really hard part with mom guilt, right? But it's also something that um, everybody needs to figure out how to do, right? Single moms, even like, how do, how do I find some support and how the way you're asking for help is daycare, right? Um, so I read this book called Set Up. Uh, obviously, we a lot of us have also read um, the E. Brodsky book of uh, Fair Play. Uh, but thinking about how to keep that balance, I think, and you, so fed up is about emotional labor um, and how a lot of that emotional labor, which is where the mom guilt comes from, right? Of you know, my kid's not going to feel like I love them if they don't have their soccer socks, right? Um, it, really examining that from from a top layer and thinking about like what are those concepts um and how can I ask for help how can I build on more of a community and not be the only one who cares about those things or tries to get them done so um and there's a lot of books out there and I'm working my way through a lot of them but <laughs> those are two great ones for us to start with fed up and fair play method so I really appreciate you dropping those for us and then that will probably get us right about to the August or September timeframe when we can check out your um, course on mom guilt. So that'll be the, the perfect lineup. I so appreciate your time, Stephanie, and your knowledge and, uh, you know, everything that you bring to the table from both your professional and personal standpoint. So thank you for being here today. It means so much. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. If you're loving the Habit Maker Mama podcast, I want to invite you to check out our free five-day self-care plan so you can jumpstart your journey to incorporating self-care into your day as a busy mom. You can head to habitmakermama.com forward slash prioritize yourself challenge or head to the link in the show notes. You'll receive daily support to help you succeed in starting your journey. Again, head to habitmakermama.com forward slash prioritize yourself challenge. 
see you next time.